Let's see. How do these start? Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. Welcome to episode nine, maybe, of 8-Bit Bites. It has been months? I mean... May? I gotta think. Maybe May? Maybe April? Anyway, there's... It's been a whole thing. My dog got sick, and it made doing podcasting hard. And then I went on vacation, and Hans went on vacation. Anyway, we're back. 8-Bit Bites. I'm Cliff Johnson. You Hans are Adelman. Hi. Hans Adelman. For the longest time, I was like, how do you pronounce Hans's last name? And now you know. <laughs> I got it right. I feel good. Yay. Anyway, we have we have so I mean, since the last time we talked, Hans and I met in real life. We'd never <laughs> met each other before this. We'd known each other for 15 years. We by I don't want to say happenstance, but happenstance ended up at Walt Disney World together. It was magical. Um, he he got me into uh, uh, like a cool building on top of uh, uh, shoot. What's that ride? Um, it's at the Imagination Pavilion. The Imagination. I got in places I should not be able to get into. That's that's the moral of the story. You got I to got see free the snacks. DVC member lounge. It was amazing. Uh, but anyways, we're here to talk about video games, and yeah. Hans has a, a list of show notes that is so long that I don't even know how long it's going to take, but we're going to go until we get done. So um, should we start off with Arcade 1-Up? Sure. So, I mean, this is, you know, we talked about this earlier. Instead of diving into something specific this episode, we're going to talk about, like, all the news that's happened in the last six months, because quite <laughs> honestly, there's been a ton of retro stuff happening. Tons. Um, so Arcade 1-Up, you might have heard in previous episodes, I was not a big fan. Um, I got the 12 and one uh, Atari version of one of them, of one of the first ones they came out with, uh, had Tempest and Battlezone and some other games on it. And actually, we really enjoy it. The kids play it quite a bit. I just was not too hip on the quality. It's well, so tiny, too. It, it is very tiny. and that, But that works for the kids, right? So True. the kids really like that size. Um, and they don't have to like find something to stand on to get to any of my real video games. But... Um, Arcade 1-Up actually took a lot of that feedback, and they actually listened to games people wanted. So over the last few months, and especially uh, just now at the New York Comic Con last week, they announced quite a number of new games. Um, and a few of them are actually out in stores right now. So they actually made a four-player cabinet that will play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Turtles in Time. I love one of those games so much i don't have any idea which one it is but the four player tangent digital game is dope it is really cool that they did this and the control panel is large enough that four people adults could actually fit around it i've seen one in person nice um it's still the 400 dollars, and that sounds like a lot until you look at what a teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, arcade game costs right now and just the just the motherboard alone is going for five and six hundred dollars. Wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of the you know, the whole arcade scene has really brought up prices of classic arcades, but Teenage Ninja Turtles is a very that's hard to say, TMNT is a very uh, popular game, so it's quite uh, expensive, unfortunately. That's oh, a bummer. I I mean on one hand, like bummer because it makes people like you that collect games, it makes it harder, it makes it more expensive for you. But on the flip side, it also means that I can go to a barcade and play video games. So there, there are, yeah, there are two sides of the coin. For me, it sucks. For everybody else, it's awesome. <laughs> what else are they doing? Uh, well, so they actually, they've done a bunch of stuff. Not only did they fix the paint quality issues and the clear coat issues, they added really nicer, I wouldn't say super good LCDs, but they, you know, they upgraded the, the LCD quality. They're adding better joysticks. Uh, the marquees on most of the games are now actually lit. And that, 
you know, it might not sound like a big thing, but, you know, that's kind of one of the things I really strive for in my arcade yeah. is to make sure all of my marquees are lit up and any light that's supposed to be working is lit just because it looks nicer and it brings, you know, it's the whole part of the arcade atmosphere. Um, it helps attract you to the game. Anyways, they've done all this. It's really great. They actually have a really cool cabinet coming out. Actually, it's out. The special edition is coming out in a month. I just got shipping notice for it. Don't tell my family. It's a <laughs> Christmas present. Uh, for the Marvel superheroes, they worked with Marvel uh, for the 80th uh, year of Marvel and are putting out a special cabinet that will play a bunch of the Marvel fighting games. You know, Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel superheroes, X-Men, Children of the Atom. Very cool. Um, that's really cool. Um, they also changed up some form factors. So now they have cocktail games. So like, oh, very you know, cool. the sit down, um, the, the monitors facing straight up, you know, kind of sit down games. They just actually announced those at New York Comic Con. But the one I'm really excited about um, is the Star Wars 83. Yeah. So they, they actually, and if you've ever played one of those games, you know that controller is very unique and very different. Um, there is a guy in the arcade community who's been re reproducing those controllers because they go bad after a while. And instead of munging around, they actually reached out to this guy, and he's the one supplying them uh, with these controllers. So these controllers that they're actually putting on these games are not like cheap plastic. They're the real metal, honest-to-God controllers that you would see um, on a real Star Wars game. Now, it's not the full size. But it's got the lit marquee. The uh, our side art looks really good. I'm actually really excited to see one of these. And that is a huge boon because that, you know, also will retail for $399 or whatever. But, you know, those, a Star Wars 83 cabinet goes for $2,500, $3,000 nowadays. Wow. Yeah. You have one of those, don't you? I do. You I got do. it for free. Oh, that's got to feel good. It, yeah, it does. Um, that game's so fun too i mean just absolutely when you look at like the technology of that game and what that game was like to play in 1983 god that mm, it's good yeah it's very and good. i mean it was the first game to have digitized speech too yep so yeah i very uh, good so stuff what i really learned from uh that is that your family doesn't listen to our podcast and that's uh failing on their part well i should they'll listen to the episode 10 and beyond or i'll <laughs> let them listen after this comes i just got the shipping notice so we'll see i'm actually they actually put sanwa fighting sticks and buttons in it so i'm really excited to see what it feels like so is that the shipping notice you got that also said that hey it's just too late to return this sorry <laughs> yes so i actually should mention that it's very interesting because as you said i got a shipping notice like cliff said and the last paragraph was oh by the way you have passed the point to return this it's so but it's bizarre. shipping so the minute it gets you know i pre-ordered it uh, six months ago so you know the minute it gets here if anything's wrong they're just reminding me that i can't return it which i I don't think that's how return policies work. I'm like, I think that you bought that the day it shipped, not the day you, you know, put money down on it. So I, I, I'm sure that if you fought them on it, they would have to concede. But I'm sure, you know, <laughs> like, you know, writing things down, sometimes people are just like, oh, yeah, that's what it said. I guess yeah. I can't do it. So oh, people are dumb. All right. Next up. This is actually really cool. And I've been playing some of these any uh, SNES games appeared on the switch about a month ago. I'm going to say. About that, yeah, you talked about this on the real one. I just threw it in there for fun, kind of. It's fun. I've played. I've been playing a lot of um, Link to the Past, and me too. It's great. I I like Nintendo games. There are some very very good Nintendo games, but I think the SNES is really 
was a sweet spot for Nintendo. They they took a lot of the stuff they learned from the NES and really applied it um, onto a system that had the capabilities to create beautiful games. Like I go in and play Link to the Past and I'm not going to say it looks modern because it doesn't obviously, but it looks so beautiful and so clean and so fantastic. And the stuff they could do on that system were great. So I'm, I'm very excited that those exist and I hope they keep adding new ones. Um, I mean, in a perfect world, you'd just be able to say, Hey, there's four or 500, SNES games, I want at least the ability to purchase all of them. I'll pay three bucks a piece. I'll pay five bucks a piece. Or even even in a better world, I'll pay five bucks a month or ten bucks a month to have access to that catalog. But, you know, 20 games is pretty good. So, Well, we'll see. Maybe they'll release more. That'd be really cool. Yeah, and I guess that is the other downside of that is, is uh, Nintendo has been releasing like three or four games a month pretty consistently uh, since that concept launched and now they're saying hey we're going to keep releasing games but it's not going to be monthly so there will be new games just not like that so that's all right that's yeah. okay. yeah it's interesting you say that though like the the snes and the genesis that um g- generation of consoles i think you're right i think that was kind of that sweet spot of awesome power and just new and these great graphics and then we got into the era of the nintendo 64 and playstation one where I love my Nintendo 64. I still play it, but God, those graphics are terrible. Yeah. Uh, They've actually been talking. I've been hearing that a lot lately that the, uh, like, specifically PC game indie scene is moving away from where they've been at for the last little while, which has been very kind of traditional, uh, you know, kind, not, not 16 bit graphics, but pixel based graphics. And that they're starting to move into a world where they're more PS1 and 64. And I'm like, mm, I, mm. And, and there appears to be like a real, like there are people that feel nostalgic for that. People that are probably, uh, hmm, I'm going to say 10 years younger than we are, uh, that were like 10 or 12 when that, cause I, I was, uh, 19, I'm going to say maybe 20 when probably 20 when the N64 came out. So people that are like eight years younger than we are, people in their like early thirties, I think are kind of nostalgic for that Nintendo 64 PS one thing. Just like we're nostalgic for, you know, NES and SNES games, but man, they're not, they look like crap. Yeah, I, they're hard to pick up anymore and just very play, hard. you know, there some of the games were really good where they did not try to do fancy 3D, right? They yep. just took the power of the system and make it made things pretty and two dimensional. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I mean, we get things like Mario Sunshine that was yep. also or even Mario 64 yeah. is a is a great game. So, I don't know, we'll see. Um next up, same generation, Genesis Mini. Yes. Did, so, did you get out. one? I've got one. It's sitting right back there. Um, <laughs> as he turns around it's great radio yeah um, well, how is it live too um it is actually better than the snes and nes classic that's what i've heard i've heard they're fantastic it uh it just feels better the um i think it emulates the games better i think the way it it doesn't try to stretch things it puts everything in four by three um it actually looks good on an lcd i've been playing quite a bit of sonic and uh Unfortunately, they only put one of the Fantasy Star games on there. Fantasy Star is uh, one of my favorite Sega role-playing games. Sure. Um, and they just – so I don't have Fantasy Star 2. I think I have Fantasy Star 3. But So, yeah, there's been a lot of Sonic, a lot of Altered Beast, things like that. It <sighs> it really is a good game. It's a great system. And 80 bucks, you know. I have such a such a soft spot in my heart for Altered Beast. 
Like that game's just that, that was a a game that at quite a few places that like I mean, do, I mean, do you remember where you used to go to like a taco place? I don't know why it's a taco place, but it seems like everywhere I did it was like a taco joint that had arcade games just like in their lobby and you'd pop a couple quarters while you're waiting for your tacos and Oh yeah, around here every place had that, right? So yeah. it was pizza the don't I mean my biggest memory is the donut shop every Sunday morning before church, right? We there was a Dig Dug, a Zevius and a Pac-Man all sitting yeah. in a row. Yeah, I think it's really it's kind of interesting to think that, you know, yeah, 7-Eleven used to have we used to go to 7-Eleven and play video Laundromats. games. Laundromats. Yeah, laundromats. Um like Fred Meyer, which I guess is uh, Kroger other Kroger. places, yes. I guess. <laughs> um, Fred Meyer. I used to play um, Golden Axe at Fred Meyer all the time. Um, it, the, you know, but like the there's a place called Noggles by my house, which is Del Taco now that had uh, Crystal Caves, Crystal Caverns, Crystal Castles, the Crystal. It's the one with the rollerball and the bear. Which, which you hate, and I really yes, have a I, fun spot it, for. It's a pro- I owned one. It's the only game I've ever sold. Wow, that's it, it's a beautiful cabinet. It's beautiful side art, but I just did not enjoy the gameplay. Yeah, I just remember really liking that game. So, but I'm it's strange. Sorry. That, like, no, it's okay. I mean, I was also like eight, so you know, I mean, like, you know, your your tastes change. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that if that had been a game I'd played when I was eight, and it was in that donut shop or in the uh, putt putt or wherever yeah. I'd go to play games, maybe I'd change my mind. But yeah, it's just uh, it's it's strange that that. I mean, I guess, you know, like I look back at that. I'm like, oh, poor kids today can't go to 7-Eleven and play video games. And instead, like poor kids today can stay home with their Xbox One and play Game Pass games. And <laughs> they have 200 games that they can play from instead of me having to go to, you know, Blockbuster or for me, Good Time Video and renting, you know, a game for three days and never playing it again. So maybe kids today actually have it OK. Speaking of that, I'll have to put it in the chat. There was a, I just watched on YouTube today a really good um historical kind of documentary documentary oh geez documentary <laughs> um oh, that's terrible about uh, nintendo's fight against blockbuster really uh, they nintendo tried to sue them just out of existence because they did not like the fact that they were renting their games interesting uh, yeah i have to send that along it was like a 10 minute video really interesting about and so they they couldn't figure out how to sue them so they they did sue them for reproducing the instruction manuals. Box, yep. Yep. Yeah. And the boxes. So, yep. Yeah. It's which, a good one. Uh, which is too bad because, like, I, cause I remember that when you stopped getting the manuals. Um, I wish I could. Colby, my brother, and I have actually figured it out before, but I can't remember what it is offhand. But we rented a game and we didn't get the manual because it was post when you used to get the photocopied manuals. And, uh, there was like a button you had to press in that game to go from kind of this wimpy dude to this big hulking guy with a machine gun. And that, that was the point of the game. And if you couldn't do that and you didn't know how to do it, you, you couldn't progress past the first like 10 minutes of the game. And I remember we had that game for like three or four days and just trying to figure out how at all we could, uh, how we could do it and just thinking this game was impossibly hard and it it wasn't like if you push the right button it's actually probably pretty easy but what do you do what do you do <laughs> so anyway uh on to another retro console man there are retro consoles are just the thing right now Turbo yeah. graphics 16 so i you know coming next th- year yeah i kind of skipped that i don't really know i never played on a turbo graphics i haven't either so 
And that I re- you know I read through it. I was like, oh, some of these games are like ports of games I know. But then as a whole, yeah, there's a whole genre or a whole console system that I totally missed. And I think that was because it was kind of expensive and it came That's out at the same time as Genesis. It was like yeah. um, the, the uh, Turbo Graphics and the Neo Geo when they put out their home console, they were both like four or five hundred dollars more than everyone else's console. Yep. So. Yeah, I don't think I wonder if it has anything on it that are like must haves. I guess, you know, anyway, it's coming out next year. Uh, it's going to be a hundred bucks. It will uh, come out March 19th. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I had 20, I think 20 games. So not even not a not a large library, but I'm I am sure there are people that are nostalgic for having one of those. They're, they're oh, probably, I'm sure. There, there are probably a bunch of kids somewhere who are like, my parents wouldn't buy me an NES. They wouldn't buy me or you know, an SNES. They wouldn't buy me a Genesis. My dad got this weird deal on a TurboGrafx-16. It was the only system I had until I got a PlayStation 3. Like, you know that person exists. Oh, yeah. So. My brother-in-law was that way with the Atari Jaguar. So, <laughs> Oh, man. He, yeah, he has a soft spot for that. <laughs> That's literally like child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time I see my father-in-law, I will chastise him. Let way. him know. Yeah. Right. Uh, we talked about this on uh, the main Bite Me podcast, the Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro, which is a really, really nice looking piece of hardware. Um, it uh, it has, remind me, because I don't have a picture of it. I had a picture of it before. It has two sticks with six buttons each, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, like, did you, have you seen the Capcom, the Capcom one? Thing? Yeah, that thing's terrible. <laughs> I wish we'd done an 8-bit Bytes just to talk about how terrible that thing looked. Oh, my God. If, if you haven't seen it yet, it was announced probably two or three months ago. It's literally a fighting stick that is the Capcom logo. It's awful. Yeah, it's um, really but, bad. But the Neo Geo arcade stick is actually going to be really cool. They, I, as as I recall, they do not have the games announced for it yet, but, you know, there's Neo Geo games. It's probably a lot of fighting games. You'll get but the this, Samurai Showdown. You'll get Puzzle Bobble or, you know, uh, Bust a Move, as we called it here. Yep. We'll get um, Metal Slug, I hope. I hope Metal That'd Slug. That'd be cool. Yeah, but the the uh, from what I understand, the the sticks on those are actually like tournament quality too. Like it's a, it's not just a cool gimmick. It's actually a really nice stick, and it's USB as I recall, so you can actually plug it into your PC and use it as a stick in modern fighting games as you want as well. So yes, it's pretty, pretty good sweet. Deal. I, I, I getting a stand up Neo Geo has been you know, like that's the last of my big wants for the arcade, but you know sure. that might be a good stand in. For yeah, a while. yeah, definitely. I don't know. There's not a price yet either, as I recall. No, I'm sure but it'll be expensive because everything bucks, Neo Geo is expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really true, isn't it? Um, so this next one is this is real interesting to me. So Golden Eye N64 is being remade. Like we were talking about earlier, that's a game that people have. Like, I think for a lot of people, that was probably one of the first 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 person shooters you ever played, and it was probably one of the, definitely the first. Uh, four-player split-screen games, first-person shooter games you played. Um, I personally have never played it, <laughs> so I am not one of those people, but uh, I remember it being a, a big deal. How are they remaking it? Who's remaking it? I didn't even look. I thought you'd know. <laughs> I'm a terrible, <laughs> terrible host. Um, I just found, I saw that they were remaking it and got excited, So because I Aww. did play it quite a bit on my N64, so... Let's yeah. see. It, we the can, pictures we can, looked really good. So, yeah. We it's can coming out. It uh, they hope to have it out by August of 2022. So, oh. it's a while from now. <laughs> that may be why. <laughs> it's uh, getting... It's a it's a fan re- remake, and it's called... Uh, 
I don't know, but it looks really, really, really good, and they are the team is fairly confident the projects won't be shut down given how unscathed GoldenEye Source remains. So apparently, GoldenEye Source is another uh, good way to play multiplayer GoldenEye 007. So, you know, I, I, I understand that property rights and um, copyright and trademark and all those things are, are very difficult and very hard to to negotiate, especially with a fan-made thing. But man, I wish no one's ever going to make remake GoldenEye 64 at this point, right? I mean... Well, so this is where Nintendo has been uh, litigious lately, right? With the ROM yeah. sites and things, right? They they put out the SNES Mini, the NES Mini. When are we going to see the N64 Mini, right? And they'll put GoldenEye on that if they can get the rights to it. And that's when they're going to... And I totally agree with you. I'm just telling you that's where yeah, the problem is going to I, be. I get it. <laughs> I get to it me, too. To me, like, unless you're willing to say, because that's a rare game, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah, they probably could get the rights to it, too. I, I think to me, unless you're willing to say, hey, we're going to do like these guys are doing and do an Unreal, you know, 4 version of GoldenEye, like, just live and let live. They're probably not going to make any money off of it. They're going to pour bazillions of hours into it. Like, just... Can I, like, I know that you can't just say, hey, but man, it'd be nice if you could just say, hey. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, uh, there there have been like Star Con- the Star Control guys did that, right? Yeah. So they 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 were like, oh, we're never going to be able to touch this. Here is the code from the 3DO. It's now open source. Please, you know, take this and do with what you will. And now there's a great version, open source version of Star Control 2 out there, which is arguably one of the best space RPGs ever made, in my personal opinion. Um I mean, no one else's opinion counts. So. Yeah, right. You know, so I'm, you know, maybe if they don't, if they promise they're never going to make any money off it, you know, but probably not. They're probably, probably not. Out of, right? Probably. But, but I don't it's know. all over the news. So, you know, now that it's been announced out there, we'll hear soon if they're going to get shut down or not. <laughs> one right? way or another, we'll hear about the ending of this. Yeah. Um, let's pull up this. I'm actually going to skip the next piece and go to the next piece just because we've talked about a mini everything else. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, so yes, yes, yes. A full size Commodore 64 release is coming soon after the success of the Commodore 64 Mini. So is this going to be like, I mean, is it going to look like your old Commodore 64? Uh, I think so. They haven't really put out that much information about it yet. So actually, there were before the uh, C64 Mini, there was a C64 joystick, right? Yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah. So this lady back in one of her college things, her name's Jerry Ellsworth. She's now into like, uh, she works with Oculus or did yeah. for a while. She's cool. Okay. She's yeah, really she's, cool. Very cool. And like out of nowhere, she deconstructed a C64 and made it, you know, uh, it's not even an FPGA. It's a, he just took the chips and fitted into a joystick, added 30 games, and they sold out a couple years ago. I have That's one. cool. Um, but then she kind of left that project. Uh, but then on the success of that, they created the C64 Mini, which was exactly the Super Nintendo Mini, you know, a small, it looked like a C64. The keyboard didn't work, unfortunately. It was adorable. Though. It was. Um, and so everybody bought that out and they were like, oh, you know, people asked for the full size keyboard where they could plug things in. Now, yep. will I be able to take my Commodore 1541 drive and plug it in? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah. Will I be able to plug in my Commodore 64 cartridges? You know, my Moon Patrol cartridge or, you know, whatever. But, you know, that would be cool. I hope they do that. Um, for me, though, I've got my Commodore 64, so that doesn't, you know, whatever. But You actually have your original? Yeah, I can. Yeah. 
That's all right. Do you have your original? Yes, from when I was a kid. Look at her. Oh, that's right so there. cool. See it? Look, see yeah. with the joystick and everything. Yeah, I think I had that same monitor actually. That's the um, official Commodore monitor. Yeah. Is it? Who made it? Commodore. Uh, it's, maybe a, not. it's the Commodore fifteen seventy one. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's like by, Hitachi. I thought mine was made by like NEC, but maybe yeah. not. It's been a long time, man. Might be one um, of those that are back there. I uh, it did not look like that. It did not have that many buttons. Um, I first of all, Moon Patrol is one of my favorite games of all time, <laughs> and I used to be really, really, really good at Moon Patrol. And I played it in an arcade not that long ago, and I am no longer really, really good at Moon Patrol. <laughs> Moon Patrol is very, very hard, and especially if the b- buttons are a little mungy. Yep, yeah, it's even worse. Also, um, you got to know that all of those games had you know settings right there was yep. the here's how you eat quarter settings and then there was the easy setting right wait so, what oh yeah most of the games you know you could set with dip switches how hard you wanted the game to be and if the operator was feeling like he wanted to make money he'd make the game harder with a dip switch setting or you know even in like the menus like so yeah that's a thing what <laughs> so yeah 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 every had, one of those games i had absolutely no idea that that was a thing Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, when I set up my gauntlet, you know, I got my gauntlet working on Friday, the arcade. I went in, and there was 10 levels of difficulty in the settings. I set it to about four, but it said recommended six. And if you want to make money in the manual, it tells you, hey, set it up to seven or eight. You know, I mean, it's, you got to remember all these things were made, you know, they were made to eat quarters, right? You know, and every one of these games, or at least most of the, somewhat more more modern arcade games will even tell you the average time spent per quarter that is like we've talked a lot about arcade games like we've talked a lot about old stuff i first of all had no idea that was a thing that is a thing my mind is literally just i'm I'm like i'm a little bit mad honestly (laughs) like just a little bit mad i'll pull up the audit menus on my gauntlet later and take a picture and send it Send it that to the channel. Is, that is absolutely ins- I, I've got to think that is something that is not in no way common knowledge. That's that oh, is no. fascinating. Yeah, I mean it's like the uh those games where you cut the rope nowadays, all those chance games they have. Yeah, those, those, those are, aren't I chance. Knew those were all I knew those were all, you know, f- you know, essentially fixed. Yeah. But- those you actually set make a hundred dollars or make X dollars and then cut the rope. The next oh. person who cuts it once you hit that, you know, who puts the next quarter or dollar in after you hit that the threshold, bam, they win. I mean, that's what these were here for to do, right? You, you, know, you wanted to make like, money. People get all up and, you know, we need to get the government, you know, looking at microtransactions. We've got to get, you know, like, could we actually talk about some actual corruption here? Like, first of all, it's video games from my childhood, apparently, and stupid ticket games at Dave and Buster's. Adding quarters anyway. was the new DLC. It was DLC in the 80s, right? You know? <laughs> When they added the continue button. It's just microtransactions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm. Add a quarter to continue. Oh, well, yes, I'd love to add a quarter to continue. <sighs> anyway, a full-size Commodore 64 <laughs> would be pretty dope. Yeah, I, so it'll uh, have the keyboard working. You know, it'll run the run the basic operating system, so you'll be able to do it all. And we'll I see. can't imagine I will actually buy one, but oh, I you should. I, you know... If I had a giant dungeon full of video games, maybe... Um, I mean, but 
I, you know, like it would have to go in my living room. That'd be real weird. It would just like sit in front of my television. <laughs> well, just set it next to your real computer, you know? It looks kind of cool sitting there. Man, next if you to could it. see the view of my office from behind me instead of in front of me, you would know that that is, in fact, not an option. So, fair enough. All right, moving on. Uh, my favorite villain and yours, uh, Billy Mitchell, who, like, I, I don't know. I, I can never tell if this dude is actually a good guy or a bad guy. I'd base it entirely on the fact that he, like, if I came into, if I was watching a movie and Billy Mitchell, like, walked into a room, I'm like, oh, he's the villain. Um, <laughs> dude just looks evil, but he's probably actually just fine. Um, apparently, he is going to sue some folks because they took away his Donkey Kong and Pac-Man high scores. He, he just got, he just got ripped out of it, didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, Twin Galaxies, who are, is, uh, an arcade, was an arcade, um, up in Minnesota a long time ago, they were the arbiter of the world high scores for arcades and they still are, but now they're just digital. Um, and actually I think they got bought out by a place called arcade, but whatever. Anyways, um, there was controversy. Uh, there was, there was a whole thread on their twin galaxies website about how none and this is kind of crazy. So I'll quick, quick into it. Um, the way donkey Kong actually wipes and changes screens on an actual Donkey Kong cabinet is very different than how MAME recreates the screen and draws right. the screen. So they were watching videos of a, of a tape that he sent in uh, to prove his score and determined that it was quote unquote, you know, I don't, I, this is all alleged that it was allegedly done on a MAME machine. Now, right whatever right i mean mame yeah maybe he did maybe he could have cheated changed the code in mame whatever i mean honestly if you ask me billy mitchell i've seen videos of him doing things in person that i can never yep. dream to do no yeah. matter what he's an insanely good gamer well but and and i think that it actually brings you know bears bringing up that there are just because something was done on MAME doesn't like disqualify it too. There are like separate categories for people that do things on a MAME emulator. Um, it's not like, it's not like that, that governing body or even th- I think the kind of retro arcade folks at large are like, uh, MAME, bleh. It's, it's just like they're two separate things you compete for. Yeah. And in this case, you know, their, uh, arcade or twin galaxies has a very set specific, you know, you have to set the dip switches on your Donkey Kong exactly like this and play with three guys and have your dip switches, you know, all that. Yeah. The ones that foiled you as a child. (laughs) Um, so Billy, uh, said he's going to fight it because what happened was when twin galaxies took their scores down, their buddies with, um, Guinness book of world records, Uh, Guinness took their stuff out too. So. I don't know if he's actually suing or not yet, but he did actually send 156 pages of documentation to Twin Galaxies and post it online. It's on Google Dropbox. You can go read all of this, and it's quite the collection of technical details, um, firsthand accounts, all kinds of crazy stuff, um, testimonies. And he sent, he did send a four page letter from a law firm to Twin Galaxies, um, whether there's a suit or not. And, you know, quite honestly, I kind of looked through the 156 pages of stuff, but I haven't dug into that, so I yeah. can't comment one way or the other. I can say I think he, you know, he could probably do it again, except now that there are, you know, if you all saw um, King of Kong, the Donkey Kong documentary, there are people that are better than him now um, in some categories. So, so we'll I, see. 
I guess the question is, is at this point, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, this is this is mostly just for bragging rights. Like, it's not like, I mean, and, and that's fine. Like, I mean, man, if I was one of the best at anything, like, I don't care what it was, I would want to be able to brag about that. Um, but, like, it's not like he's prohibited from, you know, playing in tournaments or he's um, no, lost it- money because of this. It's really just he he thinks that he was fine. He deserves to be back on that leaderboard, even if it's in third place now. Correct. And I think, honestly, it's also kind of because, well, yeah, they took down all of his scores, like his Pac-Man scores his you know, I think it's kind of defamation at this point yep. is what he's claiming. And exactly right. I mean, fair. and honestly, you know. I he has been to a bunch of conventions since then, but maybe he is losing money because it could of it, be. right? That um, makes sense. I, and I guess I didn't think about it from that standpoint. Like maybe people would be less likely to come see him at a convention, or a convention would be less likely to bring him in. So that's fair. I, that is fair. I, yeah, I think that's where he is now. I saying that um, there was a musical, and somehow I'm, I've been out of town because I, you know, how I travel. Uh, Billy Mitchell has been in Indianapolis and at arcades owned by friends of mine. Um, for weeks this last summer and last year because there's actually a musical being um, written and performed about him here in Indianapolis. Um, the, so, the redemption of Billy Mitchell. So is um, is there a reason? Like, I mean, not not is there a reason? Is there a reason in Indianapolis? Like, I just, that was where the person who wrote it lived, I guess, in the right. theater company. Good on him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you have to admire someone who's like, I could write a, a musical I could write a play about anything and you know what I'm going to write it about video games like yep. that seems like it probably has a, a super wide audience <laughs> well I mean you know Billy like you said uh, once you know him and have yeah. seen King of Kong that dude yeah. has presence for better or worse I love so. it I think it's great I'm I'm 100% behind it I think it's great um, alright so I think we are going to wrap up with um some of the most interesting news, like I think this is a, a thing that we are going to look back at like three or four years from now, kind of like we look back on um, the Ouya. Ouya. Um, that's a goofy looking piece of hardware, Hans. Um, Hans has one. How? Wait, it's a cube? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we're going to look back on it like we look at that weird thing that Hans is holding up for those of us that are on video with him. Um, but but so we're talking the Atari VCS. And so this is I mean, uh, I from the very first looked at this and said, like, why are they doing this? Does anybody want this? And I thought the answer was no. But then like people pre-purchased four million dollars worth of them. Yeah. So I guess the answer was yes. <laughs> um but even back in the day, there was no there was no description of what you were getting. It was like we're building a modern piece of hardware um, that looks like an Atari console um, down to the like you can get the wood paneled one if that's what you want. Um, and it's going to play games. And that was that was the selling point to get people to spend three hundred dollars. Uh, however many times it takes to get to three million. Yeah, um, yeah. And what's worse is it wasn't even modern hardware. They're like they announced the specs and we're like, oh, that's like two generations behind even uh-huh. like the normal gaming PC. So this isn't going to play modern games. No, it'll play modern games in the in the sense, I guess that. Um, you could go on Steam and get a game that was released this year as long as it wasn't super taxing. Um. If they even have Steam on their platform, because we've never, you know, well, and we now know what their platform is going to be, but. 
Yeah, and so and that was the thing is they didn't tell you about the platform. They didn't tell you if it was going to run a custom OS. They didn't. There was just no information. And I looked at that and was like, mm, that seems that seems like you look at a Kickstarter and. Uh, you you can kind of judge based on a lot of factors how likely that Kickstarter is to ever actually generate whatever it is that uh, that they're selling you, and sometimes whatever it's fifteen dollars and who cares? But for three hundred dollars, you should probably care a little bit more. And like I would be willing to say right now, the odds of hardware ever shipping in any quantity, like you know, this might be one of those things where three hundred people get a box and they go. Oh, but like, I don't think there, I mean, it's like 10,000 pre-orders. I cannot imagine there will ever be 10,000 of these shipped. Like I, I put that chance at zero. Anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, the, the, like this story has gotten very interesting in the last two weeks. Yeah. Well, it's gotten, it's actually been really interesting. If you follow Reddit, there is a, a Reddit, um, subreddit, Atari VCS, and we'll post this yeah. in the show notes and on the the Discord. Please join us in Discord. Um, it is an incredible read. This guy actually got kicked out of the Atari VCS Reddit and then got reinstated, and then the mods actually kicked the Atari VCS employees out of Reddit because they were fake newsing it. It's not cool. No. Um, his his thread is fascinating because literally all it is is a day-by-day of this is the information they released, and when you look at a day by day list of information they released and it amounts to literally nothing, it's terrifying. It really is. And so let's see. So it on September 30th, they Atari announced that Ant Stream Arcade is their partner and will be streaming streaming retro games to their console. I mean, at least you've got to go with the fact that, uh, you know, we Hans and I talk about uh, Google Stadia and xCloud and that stuff a lot and, and whether that's actually a viable way to play video games. And I think the the real answer is Hans. Hans is a firm. No, I'm a hey, we'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, like you could probably stream Atari games that would probably work just fine. <laughs> yes. The, the original Atari games that are, you know, 8K, you could 8 kilobytes, right? Just, Not a megabyte, 8 kilobytes, you know, yes. Um, the, the crazy thing about AntStream, though, is like, as far as I can tell, it exists now. Like, if you want to pay, it's 10 bucks a month, though. Like, yeah. I cannot, uh, I pay 10 bucks a month for Game Pass, and I am happy to do that every single month. There is not... Uh, any part of me that thinks like, man, you know what I should really do? Pay 10 bucks a month to get Atari game stream to me. No, nope, um, 100%. The only game I play is River Raid, and I have that. So, oh, uh, God, I love River Raid. Do you I have mean, an arcade of that? Or No, they never made an arcade. That was Activision Atari 2600 only. God, I love that game so much. I've spent so much time playing that on the Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah like... No, nobody wants this. And if you do, just go subscribe on your PC. Like, you do not need a weird little Atari PC to play this. Or get um, the Atari collection for any modern PC that's out there. Atari's right? put out tons of compilation CDs. It's ridiculous. So anyway, that was their their big September 30th announcement. So what happens yeah. next? So October 4th, um, Rob Wyatt, who, if you're an Xbox fan, you'll remember he was the one of the founding Microsoft people that created the Xbox. I he, am an Xbox fan. Yes. So Rob <laughs> Wyatt, he he's one of the reasons we have Xbox. He good was man. The, one of the guys that convinced Bill Gates that an Xbox was a good idea for Microsoft. Because he thought, dude. you know, an operating system company, whatever. Anyways, you know, <laughs> um, I'm sure that was a really hard pitch, quite honestly. But oh, yeah. They Atari actually got him 
uh, to be the chief architect for the Atari VCS system. Um, on the 4th of October, though, he and his company quit. Um, the, he said in an interview that he got the... Um, where is it? Uh, he got the... The motherboard. The the motherboard that they their their pre-production motherboard is the word I was looking for, and they tried to debug it for a few days and then quit. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but also have not been paid for six months. Yes, which is a very long time when you're working for a company that got four million dollars in you know Kickstarter. The interesting thing about Atari, and I didn't realize this until I started looking into this, like Atari's not a big company anymore. Um, the company that is Atari, well, and I mean, and Atari is a separate company, I believe, than Atari, like the a VCS team, correct? I believe so. I, You know, it's kind of intertwined. It's murky, so right? Yeah, it gets really murky in there. I heard that Atari only employs three people, yeah. and literally all they do is manage License. the licensing of Atari stuff. So, the real question is, is where that $4 million went. Somebody's um, pocket. Because it did not go to Rob White and his team. So they, Atari came out that same day. So he, he released this, you know, that I'm quitting. And it came out in a, uh, mm, do you remember The Intercept, I think, wrote the article? Or The Register, maybe one the of The Register, them, yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, the Register, it's really, really, really good. I, I highly recommend you go check out that article. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, they go really deep, um, both into this Rob Wyatt situation and the, you know, what's coming out situation, but even talk a lot about, um, uh, what do I want to say? They talk a lot about decisions made for this piece of hardware that aren't great. So we know now that it is going to run Linux, but it's not going to run like its own. It's not like a steam box. It was running a custom uh, valve version of Linux that was, you know, specific for the hardware specific for, you know, running video games. It's literally, I just going to run some distro that you can download. I don't know which one, but I mean, this is the, the equivalent of buying a, cheap gaming PC and putting Ubuntu on it. Um, Raspberry Pi. Yeah. You know, um, there's, there's nothing special about this. Um, will it run Linux based games that you can buy off steam? Probably. Um, but at this point, even it's kind of a probably, I don't think anyone really knows. So, this dude quit. There's another company that uh, Atari says is is going to take over that production. They this this article came out that very much made the case that like these things aren't coming out ever. And Atari and you know they reached out to Atari for comment. Atari did not get back to them. But then the same day later that afternoon, I'm going to say like I got the press release at like four o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, no, totally. Everything is fine. Don't worry about anything. We've got this. We're going to start shipping in December. And pre-orders are open again. Uh-huh. I you can go to Walmart and pay 250 bucks and get one of these. Um, don't. I mean, like if you're going to buy one, like don't, like step one, don't buy one. But if you, if you desperately need a machine that looks like an Atari that runs Linux, don't buy it from Walmart because they have four gigs less Ram than the ones you can buy off the internet. So, meh. yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing someone YouTube this and tear one apart. Absolutely. It's going to be, I like I said, will one ever ship? Probably not. If if one does ship, will it be good? Definitely not. So 
Um, I, it's, it's crazy to me. It's absolutely well, it, crazy it, to me. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't understand why they didn't just make an Atari 2600 mini with a hundred games. They have those out there. Right? They're kind of crappy. Make a good one like the SNES and the Genesis and everybody, you'd make more than $3 million. Everyone well, would buy one. Or to me, why not build a cool like I would love like I think a, a really underserved market like when when steam boxes were announced I was like I would love a steam box I would love a low profile computer that fits in with the aesthetic of your average um, home entertainment center which you know I mean these days like my Xbox and my PlayStation are not you know it's not like their stereos, but they have a look and they have a size more more importantly than anything else. But I would love a small computer that I could plug into my TV to play video games on my television Um, because I have a gaming PC, but it's in my office and I have to play it on a I mean, not that this monitor is tiny, but it's a 27 inch monitor that, you know, runs 2K versus my 65 inch TV that runs 4K. I would love to be able to game on my PC. And this could have been that. They could have charged, instead of $300, charge, I don't know, $800. Or, I mean, I guess the thing is, if you can make an Xbox for $500 and it's effectively a small PC, like, yeah, you know, there's some scale there. But maybe you could do one for $750 that's pretty good. Um, put it in a good-looking package and give you a bunch of of Atari games on it, not some weird streaming thing, and and make this a thing. I just don't understand why they... I mean, I do understand why they did this. It's because it's a $4 million grift at this point, as far as I'm concerned. So It's a star citizen. Yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, I guess the plus side is at least they've only stolen $4 million. So. <laughs> the plus side, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Star Citizens up to like what, like a hundred million? Ridiculous. Yeah, I it. Yeah, <laughs> another game. I'm glad I did not back. Mark Hamill's in it though. I like Mark Hamill a lot. So I got it with one of my graphics cards. So <laughs> I've never paid for it. So that's you know, maybe you'll see it someday. Twice. It's not the beta versions. Where yeah. Uh, Maybe, maybe someday. All right. So before we knock off, we actually have a question from our good friend, Joe Coleslaw. He, uh, he is a, he is our, in, in radio, you have what you call P1 listeners. And, uh, it's, you know, so, you know, when you have a radio, I guess, or maybe when you have an old radio, you know, the number one spot on your thing is always one. Mm -hmm. And that's what they call big radio listeners is your P1 listeners because that's where they have you programmed. And, and Joe is definitely a P1 consumer of, of bite me type podcast. We, we love the guy. So. He says, uh, are there any game collections you would like to see in the likes of the upcoming uh, Disney's Aladdin and the Lion King uh, collection? More releases, most most releases, one disc, um, that kind of thing. So are there any old, uh, you know, packageable uh, games that you would like to see come out in a package for modern systems? What do you think, Hans? Yes, there are. I would Absolutely. Love- <laughs> yes, there are many. Um, I think, honestly, though, I've gotten couple, some of those. Like the Disney collection is one. You know, the P- Disney platformers are amazing. That's yeah. there. So we got that. It, it like So being a retro gamer in 2019 is amazing because we're getting all of this stuff. Yep. Um, we're getting all these, like, you know, so the Neo Geo. I was going to say, you know, I'd love to have all the Samurai Showdowns or all the Metal Slugs or, you know, I probably am getting those. Yeah. Um, 
I think, though, I would say something like that, like a classic Neo Geo. Like, you know, so we can play Nintendo games. We can play uh, Super Nintendo games. They've got a great Genesis collection on the Switch. I'd love to see a Neo Geo collection for the Switch with all those games that I love from the Neo Geo. Um, it'd be cool to see a classic, um, like all the Dragon Quest series put together yeah. in one big thing. That'd be cool. I uh, So I, my assumption is that because most of these collections run on some form of emulation or another um my assumption is is that like modern systems like the xbox and the ps4 can probably emulate through a wii if i had to guess probably i would love love to see like a collection of all of the mario games um or a collection of all of the zelda games because those are games that i love like the early ones, I love the Nintendo and SNES ones. And then because I never owned an N64, I never owned a GameCube. Um, I don't, I've never played those games. Like I've, I've played five minutes of Mario 64. I've played, I did never played like Twilight Princess. I never played any of those, those kind of middle range, um, Mario and, and Zelda Ocarina games. I would, of time and things Ocarina like of that. Time. Okay. Um, all of the, I mean, think about there's like what, three or four, um, Game Boy released. I mean, actually, there's probably three or four Super Mario Game Boy released games. There's probably, I mean, maybe more of that for Mario, but I think there's at least three or four or five Zelda ones that I've just never played. Um, I would love to be able to, to play those on not modern hardware because it matters, but modern hardware so I could play them in one place. I think that'd be awesome. So, yeah, that's if if we could get Nintendo to release packages like that instead of onesie twosie, like I can't remember how many times I've bought Ocarina of Time. I bought it yep. on the GameCube. I had it, you know, uh, I bought it for uh, Junior uh, Logan on the um, uh, the 3DS, right? Yeah. So, and they had linked to the past and all that's there too. But onesie twosies, yep. remakes or re-releases. I, I would almost say though that I would love to get any SNES NES collection like you know make it make it a collection you know make it worth my while give me give me 20 games i would like any of those that are done as well as the uh disney afternoon collection where you have both you can save anywhere you want and you have that rewind function um like those two things because i mean i'll be frank like i'm old yeah i'm no um, good at those platformers anymore <laughs> they're so hard my god they're so hard um Commander need, Keen on a modern yeah. hardware it would be cool. That'd all be of dope, those, like all right? eight of those or whatever, yeah. You know, it's coming to mobile. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, that's not, new to me. No, it, it's not good, though. Like, oh. go go watch the Commander Keen. It was at uh, oh, E3 no. this year. It's like, uh, I don't remember what kind of game it is, but it is not the game you want to play. It's It seems like it's a tower defense game or yeah. that's something. a shame because those yeah. games on the pc early pc from apogee were great those were super mario killers right i yep. mean i was like i had friends that come over to play commander keen versus on their nintendo right because yep. the game was just so much fun anyways yeah yep anyway i guess that wraps up uh with uh, this this episode of 8-bit um we're gonna try and do these monthly again <laughs> i'm yes. uh i i i 
I'm very behind on podcasts. I have two two bite me DLCs I need to do, plus another bite me DLC I need to do with Hans. So you can catch you can catch Hans and me a couple different places. Um, you can catch me every week though on the Bite Me Podcast. So bitemepodcast.com. Um, that's also where this podcast lives. So bitemepodcast.com. If you go there, there's a link that goes to Abit Bite, so you can catch all of our back episodes if you're trying to catch up. Um, these are also on uh, you know Apple and Google wherever you listen to your podcasts. So uh, find us there. Bitemepodcast.com is really kind of the hub for for 8-Bit Bytes and all of the other podcasts you might like. Um, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash bitemepodcast, Twitter uh, and Instagram at bitemepodcast. Do um, you have anything? What's what's your Twitch handle? Well, actually, you know, you know actually what we need to do. Like, I almost, I almost ended this, and we are, like, I don't know how many days it is for you, Hans, but uh, I'm, like, three weeks away from doing a massive fundraiser. You're two weeks away? A week no, away? No, I'm Ten days Saturday. Away? Two days. Oh, Wow. We're doing it Saturday. Yeah. So okay. uh, originally Man's- I was going to launch this podcast on Monday, but we'll launch it to tomorrow oh, just so okay. we can get a little extra nice. push. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Extra Life, Extra Life is an amazing fundraiser that uh, happens every year where gamers raise money for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Last year, I think they raised eight million dollars lots of money yeah millions and millions and millions of dollars um the bite me podcast team last year raised uh just under fifty two hundred dollars and like fifteen hundred bucks of that came from uh my good friend hans here and uh tell 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 everyone about what you're doing because i think this is cool so it's we uh on saturday we'll be streaming on twitch tv uh slash man socks um and for the first, we're streaming at 8 a.m. to midnight. For the first few hours, we'll be playing normal, probably my son and I, uh, Mansox Jr., <laughs> uh, playing Overwatch or Fortnite. Well, he'll probably play Fortnite. I, I will push him towards um, Overwatch. So we'll play that for a while. And then we'll get into some of the retro games. We'll, we'll switch the streaming up. Um, we'll do some retro console games, retro computer games. But then around 4 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time, um, I'm going to move the stream equipment out into my arcade, and we're going to have a costume party. Uh, So we're going to have a big arcade costume party. Um, So come by. You'll see people in costumes playing video games. It'll be just like Karate Kid. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, it'd be a good time. Can you do you want to do you want to say what your costume is, or do we shave it as a surprise? Oh, so those of you not watching the live stream, I guess it's going to be a surprise. I already know it's a good costume too. Yes. Um, you you have the backpack, right? Yeah, I got everything. Oh yeah. So, so you, now you give it away. No, it's a backpack. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Backpack. Um, he uh, he's a hiker. He's going as a hiker. Yes. You will need to take pictures of that so we can post it on the internet. That's that's a good costume. So Extra Life is great. If you go to bitemepodcast.com slash Extra Life, you can sign up to be on our team if you would like to help us raise money um, or you can donate there as well. I'm doing a uh, two and a half day live stream uh, November 1st, 2nd and 3rd. The first is uh, a kids only one, which should be a lot of fun. Wow. I didn't know yeah. you did that. That's super cool. It came up like my my son was like, hey, a friend of mine wants to come over for extra life. I'm like, no. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but we can have one with all your friends. <laughs> nice. Um, and so we're going to do like a like a five or six hour one on November 1st that we'll live stream at uh, 
uh, twitch.tv slash bite me podcast. And then uh, November 2nd and 3rd, we'll be doing it from 8 a.m. Pacific to 8 p.m. Pacific, both Saturday and Sunday, uh, streaming it at that uh, same URL. So come support us. Like I said, we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, we, we hit 50, like it was like 5180 last year. We're trying to beat 5500 this year. We're already $750 towards that, I want to say. So close to that. Yeah. I haven't looked yeah. lately really close so we're already you know we're already part of the way there and it's it's a it's a it's a thing that i've been doing for i think this is my fifth or sixth year and it, it means a lot uh, we're now up to 820 dollars. god that's amazing um it, it's just a charity that means a lot to me and me too, uh, very it, much it uh it means a lot to to the kids too. It it helps a lot of it goes to like buying video game hardware and stuff that makes just being like being in a hospital as a kid sucks. Like there's just no, you know, sometimes you have to be there, but there's nothing good about it. And it uh, they it helps fund things that uh, help distract kids from the fact that like I live in a hospital and I have cancer. So anything you can do to to make that a little bit better is is a great thing. So um come come play with us or uh, or support us and that would be absolutely fantastic once again it's bite me podcast.com slash extra life um pawns you can find at twitch.tv twitch dot there twitch.tv slash man socks i'm at twitch.tv slash bite me podcast uh anything else we need to uh talk about before we go we're good cool you uh can you play dylan's part no bite me i knew you could